Hey guys, what's up? I'm so excited to be recording again. I literally haven't recorded an episode in like two weeks or something because, drumroll please, <laughs> I was on vacation. Um, don't worry, my microphone decided to stop recording for the last like 10 minutes, so I just wasted all of that time. But I guess I'll just repeat everything I just said. So annoying. Okay, so where was I? I planned on pre-recording an advice column episode before I left and then scheduling it to upload last Tuesday, but unfortunately, I just didn't have time. I was moving out of my house, which, tangent aside, took forever, and then, don't worry, there was a heat wave in Boston right when we were moving, and I didn't have time to record that episode because then we left for vacation, and then after um, we got back, I was sick, and then, um, so I just took last week off, and it's been kind of nice to have a little break but I'm excited to get back into it. And the advice column episode will probably come up like next Tuesday. If you still want to be in that episode, the Google form is up on my podcast Instagram at Teresa Tells All. Anyways, today we're doing a vacation recap and travel hacks episode because we all love hearing about people's vacations. But in all honesty, like I actually do like hearing about people's vacations and like seeing their photos from their trips. I just like seeing pictures of other places and like seeing them on Pinterest and like watching YouTube videos about like travel vlogs on YouTube. In fact, before I left on this vacation, I was binge watching like every single Paris vlog there is for like ideas of stuff to do and just like to get me excited for the trip. So I hope this gives you some fun ideas of stuff to do when you're abroad and then like some tips on how you can make your life easier when you're traveling. But before I begin, I just wanted to say that I'm starting to post book reviews on the podcast Instagram at Teresa Tells All. So if you mention, if I mention I'm reading a book on the podcast, you can check up on there like what I thought about it. I recently posted a review of The House in the Cerulean Sea, which I read in France, and now I'm reading Gone Girl. Actually, I just finished it like 10 minutes ago before recording this, but it was so good. You guys have to read it. So stay tuned for more book reviews on the podcast Instagram. Okay, now I'm just going to be recapping my vacation, and there's just going to be, like, some travel hacks mixed in, so let's get started. So the day before we left, I had to try and pack all the stuff I would need for 10 days in a small carry-on suitcase, and this was actually easier than it sounds because I planned it all ahead of time. We weren't checking any bags, so I obviously, like, had the smaller suitcase, and This is my first tip. Basically, it just makes your life so much easier to not check bags, especially for international flights. The main reason we didn't check bags is because I'd been, or my dad had been hearing, like, in Heathrow, London, the airport we were having a layover in before our destination in Paris. It was, like, absolutely swamped the week before, and people were, like, missing their flights because, like, the long lines and security... And we just didn't want to mess around with, like, coming to get there an extra hour early to, like, check bags and then potentially missing our flight in London because of, like, getting stuff from baggage claim and all that stuff. So we each just had, like, a small carry-on suitcase and a backpack. And I think this is a great way to save money and then also save time at the airports. The one downside of this is... Obviously, like, you have less room in the suitcase, but you can't bring full-size liquids through um, the security line, so you need to pack everything in, like, tiny bottles, basically, and I guess the actual rule 
is you're supposed to be able to fit it, fit it inside a Ziploc bag and you're supposed to be able to seal the bag. And I had a Ziploc bag, but I crammed like a billion little bottles of like my skincare stuff in it. And so whenever I would like go through the line at um, security, they would always like hold my stuff back and like be poking through it because I had too many liquids. But they always like let me take it on the plane anyways. So just be aware of that. But I think pretty much everyone knows that. The only thing is, like, I feel like they just don't enforce that in the U.S. And every time I've flown from, like, Boston to D.C., they've, like, never cared about my liquids. But on international flights, they care a lot more. So just so you know. But my next tip has to do with packing a small suitcase. You just want to plan, like, everything you're going to wear. And that helps you save so much space. What I did was I looked at the weather report for each city we were going to be in. And then I looked at the things we had in our schedule to do. And I saw that, like, if the weather was going to be really nice in one place, like Paris, it was really nice, like, not too hot, not too cold. I just packed, like, skirts and, like, pants for those days. And then if I saw it was going to be hotter in Switzerland, I just packed, like, tank tops and shorts for those days. Also, it helps that, at least for summer, like, the clothing is a lot less bulky and easier to pack, like, skirts and whatever. So... After I did that, I actually had a lot of room left in my suitcase for whatever I bought on my trip. And I ended up buying, like, a couple posters and stuff, so it was good that I had extra room in my suitcase for that. Okay, so we started off in Boston, and first we had to fly all the way to London Heathrow. And it was actually such a good flight, <laughs> like, the best flight of my life, because I slept for, like, two hours out of the seven-ish hours of the flight, because it was overnight. And so it was all dark out, and it was just, like, easier to sleep for some reason. But here's my next tip. If you're into reading, you need a page turner or like a thriller for long haul flights. I watched this YouTube video on like book recommendations by this girl called Kari Can Read and I'll link this on my story later. But it was basically just book recommendations for long haul flights. And she just gave like a bunch of like fantasy and like thriller recommendations and I put them all on my like want to read on Goodreads. So you should definitely check out that video if you're looking for a page turner to read. And so I read The House on the Cerulean Sea because of her. And then other than that, I just downloaded a, I just downloaded a show on Netflix and just like listened to music for the rest of the flight. So it was a good flight. So we landed in London and then we had a long layover, like five hours or something. And because of the time difference, we had landed at like 7 a.m. But for us, it was 2 a.m. And tip number four. The best way to combat jet lag is just to force yourself to go with the time difference. This takes discipline, you guys. It takes lots of coffee, and it takes forcing yourself not to take a nap. It's better when you're going in that direction, like, as in, what is it, west to east? Yeah, west to east. Because um, your body is used to five hours behind the current time. So if you just force yourself to stay awake the whole day and then go to bed at a reasonable time that night, it's easier to get up at a reasonable time in the morning. This is easier said than done, obviously, because the whole time we were in London, I literally felt like I was going to fall asleep standing up. And this was going off like three coffees and like a cup of tea. So we had that long layover and we decided to, we had time to like get out and explore the city as opposed to just like sitting in the airport. So we get all ready for the day and then we took a van into London. And we just saw, like, some of the most famous sites in London, like the Big Ben and Westminster Abbey, so that was super cool. And then we head back to the airport and got on our flight to Paris, France. 
the flight to Paris was pretty short, and then we got there, and we just got to our hotel and explored the part of the city we were in for a bit, and it was, they call, like, the neighborhoods arrondissements, and we were in the sixth arrondissement, so that meant we were, like, next to the Notre Dame and, like, all these cute little shops and creperies, and that night we were obviously super tired, so we just crashed. Okay, I'm editing this right now, and I just realized I called it the Notre Dame, and it's actually pronounced Notre Dame. I'm literally sounding like such a dumb American in this episode, but don't mind me. The next day, we got up and we explored more of the neighborhood, and we went to the Eiffel Tower. And let me tell you that as hyped up as the Eiffel Tower is, it's not underrated at all. Like, the view is truly unmatched, and it's just an amazing piece of architecture. So, don't stray away from doing, like, the touristy things, because there's usually a reason they have that reputation. And then if you, like, go to somewhere like France and you don't see the Eiffel Tower, then you're just going to be, like, you're just going to regret it. Let me talk about one exception, though, and that is the Mona Lisa. If you don't know, the Mona Lisa is kept in the Louvre, which is a famous art museum in Paris, and it used to be the palace of the French monarchy until the French Revolution. Anyways, the Mona Lisa is like one of the most famous paintings in the world, and I'm just going to assume that if you haven't heard about it, you're living under a rock. Or you're one of the guys in that um, meme that's like, <laughs> Da Vinci? Oh my god, I need to stop. But... Anyways, it's super famous. Let me tell you about the terrible experience of trying to see it, though. You go into a room and you wait in this line, and it takes like 10 or 15 minutes. Not too bad, right? But then you get to the front, and it's just this giant mob of people trying to push their way up to the front to take a picture. And then they have to push their way back through the whole mob to get out. So we got the security guards to just let us out of the ropes area at the front, like after we'd seen it. But I still, I still hadn't gotten my selfie with the Mona Lisa. So I tried to on my way out of the ropes area, but I just got yelled at because apparently you can only take a selfie when you're in the line. I don't know, but it was all for naught because I didn't even get my girl in the picture. I'll post it on my Instagram so you guys can see. Other than that, though, Louvre is super sick and it has a bunch of famous artworks that you have to see. And the one thing that annoys me is that is when people just like take a picture of the piece of art they're looking at without even looking at it. Okay, so then we walked around the Jardin Tuileries, which used to be the Queen's Garden when they had the Palace and the Louvre. And then we went to the Musée d'Orsay, a different art museum, which has a bunch of Van Goghs and Monet artworks. And those are my two favorite artists. So that was super exciting to see. And that's where I got a poster of the Van Gogh painting with, um, I don't know how to describe it. It's just like this haunted house looking kind of thing. But I'm going to hang that in my dorm room. And then my other poster was just of the Notre Dame that I got in this bookshop. The Notre Dame. Okay, every single, like, French word I say is just sounds like a American person. And the irony is I actually took f- French in school in third, fourth, fifth, and seventh grade. So that's, like, four years of elementary French just out the window. But as I was in France, I kind of felt it, like, coming back to me in a way because... I knew a lot of the vocab words, I just didn't know the different tenses of the verbs or enough to like speak it normally. Like I could say like je mange le pomme, which means like I eat an apple, I think, or I eat the apple, but I don't even know if that's like the correct tense or if I'm saying like I'm eating or I ate, if you know what I mean. But I do want to try and learn French again. But first, I'm going to take Spanish in college, so I don't even know when I'm going to be able to learn French. After we were done in Paris, we took a train about an hour away into Chartres, France. 
Side note, my family kept on calling it Chart France, and I don't know if it was on purpose or not, but I'm at least pretty sure it's supposed to be pronounced Chartres. Can a French person please confirm? Because I know, like, like L-I-V-R-E, that's Livre, it's not just Livre, I think. Anyways, Chartres is famous for this amazing cathedral dating back to medieval times, and every night during the summer they do this light show where they project moving pictures onto the cathedral, and it's so sick, and it, like, wasn't tacky at all, which was something you would think about, like, projecting things onto a cathedral, but it was super beautiful. And then the next day, we actually toured the cathedral, and it was so amazing to hear about the history behind it and everything. It was built in medieval times, so that means it's been around for, like, over a thousand years. And we were staying in this actual bed and breakfast in Chartres, so the family that was renting out the building for you cooked breakfast for you in the morning. And I have to say, I'm a big fan of the European breakfast. They literally eat just like croissants and coffee for breakfast. And those are possibly my two favorite things in the world. So, big fan. And then the next day, we took a train back to Paris because that was where we had to catch a different train to Zurich, Switzerland. I want to stop here and tell you about the tragedy of my postcards. So, I moved out of my house, right? And we'd been in this rental house for like a day before we went on vacation. And then... I had this bright idea to send myself a postcard of every place we went on the trip so that way when I got home I could make like a travel scrapbook of the vacation and then like the postcards could be in the scrapbook. And I could have just bought the postcards and brought them home, right? And But I thought it'd be cuter to like send them to myself because then I would have like the stamp and the postmark on them. So I sent them to myself and I put the wrong address. It was literally like one number off the actual address of my rental, so... It got lost in the mail, and now they're gone forever, so that's awesome. But I think that would have been, like, a cute souvenir, like, way to keep a travel diary had they not gotten lost, so you might want to try that, but make sure to double-check the address. Also, on another one of them I sent from Switzerland, I put a French stamp, which for some reason I thought would work, even though they're different countries, so that one would have gotten lost in the mail regardless, just because of the stamp, so RIP my postcards. But what really matters is the friends I made along the way, right? Okay, back to Switzerland. We had a train from Paris to Zurich, and the countryside was so beautiful. I loved just, like, looking out the window, sipping on a coffee. It was just an all-around vibe. There's so much, like, cute farmland and, like, lakes and all that stuff. But anyways, we got to Zurich, and it was seriously, like, one of the most picturesque places I've ever seen. Like, it was right on a lake, and all the buildings were so pretty, and, like, it was just so clean which I, I feel like you can't say that about most of the U.S. And, oh, don't mind the race car in the background. Oh, so they had these fountains that were always spouting water, and you could literally drink from them as if they were regular water fountains. So the water was just, like, so good and fresh. And something that just occurred to me is, like, there's literally places in the U.S. that you can't drink tap water. Like, in D.C., I don't think you can drink the tap water, but you can in, like, all the places I went in Europe. So for the rest of that day and the next day, we just wandered around the lake and like fed the swans and got dinner and it was so nice. Okay, my next tip is if you're looking for things to do in a city that you've never been before, most places have a tourism office where they give you like ideas of things to do and like how to actually get transportation and tickets. So we did that and we got the idea to go on a ferry ride around, ferry ride around Lake Zurich. And this was so nice because we didn't actually have to do any walking and we were like all exhausted by that point in the trip. But there was a nice view out the window and we could just see the different angles of the city. 
Also, I forgot to mention that this was Swiss Patriotic Day, August 1st, I believe. So we got to see a bunch of people in, like, the traditional garb and, like, playing Swiss, Swiss national tunes. And later that day, we took the train into Lucerne, Switzerland. And I was expecting that to be a lot like Zurich, but it was surrounded by mountains, so the views were way different. The next day, we took another boat ride, this time around Lake, Lake Lucerne. And my favorite part of the trip came up. So we took a train ride up Mount Pilatus, and it was more of a trolley, really. It wasn't um, an actual train, but that was because the mountain is super steep the whole time. So you're literally climbing up in the trolley at like a 45 degree angle up the mountain, and you can like see down the mountain super clearly and like to the lake and the surrounding hillsides. But then we got to the top of the mountain, and then you had to take these staircases up to the peak of the mountain and just a magnificent view there's also a hotel like at the top of the mountain and that also had spectacular views but my favorite part was taking the tram back down the mountain because again no physical exercise but it was this I don't know it was just like this box suspended on a wire and then it would just like glide you down the mountain all the way down and that was awesome Okay, so the next day we were leaving super early, so we just spent the night in the airport hotel, and then we got up at like 4 a.m. and flew all the way back to Boston. And that's the end of my trip recap. I think, I hope it was interesting to hear about. You know, it's sort of hit or miss when it's like other people's vacations, but I thought this would be a good episode to record. So make sure you leave a rating and review of the podcast on Apple or Spotify and follow my Instagram at Teresa Tells All and thanks so much for listening and make sure to tune in next Tuesday for another episode. Bye. Bye.